The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by that in barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is all Ben McKee's fault. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Only one thing changed from yesterday to today. Yesterday, 66 degrees. I went outside in my drawers. In my drawers yesterday morning. This morning, it's 40-something degrees because Ben McKee is back. He's like the male version of Storm from X-Men. He's like Mr. Freeze from, from Batman. Bringing the cold weather from Texas. Good to see you, Ben. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. I am barely here. You look here to me. Yesterday was uh, quite the day. Quite the day. Not, not a fun day of travel. Not a fun day of travel. The airport was 30 minutes away from the hotel. Oh, yeah. Houston, baby. H-Town. 10 minutes from the airport. <laughs> And distance, it's supposed to be 10 minutes from the airport. What do you mean? So you said you said 10 minutes away from the airport. Our hotel was 30 minutes from the airport. 30 minutes, okay, in distance. We left to go to the airport. Okay. And we're 10 minutes away. 10 minutes away, all right. And my wife realizes that she left her, her rings on the bedside table back at the hotel. So we had to turn around. As pregnant wife is having a moment in the passenger seat. Uh, she's freaking out. Oh, she was freaking out. She she immediately called the hotel. The lady went and looked. And the, the rings were there. Thankfully, the, the lady was honest and put them in a little envelope and kept them at the hotel desk lobby. So, thankfully, that they, that, they were still there. And uh, that, that calmed her down a little bit. But... It was looking like we weren't going to make our flight, so she was having a long moment. And we turn around, we go all the way back, drive through the same traffic we had to drive through to get to the airport. Again, but going back, we get back, we get the ring, and then we're busting butt to get back to the airport. I've got to somehow stop somewhere and fill up the rental car full of gas because apparently they charge you $10 a gallon if you don't return it filled up. Because you can elect to, to fill it up. Or you can pay for the mileage. I said, I'll just fill it up. <sighs> Had to stop somewhere, fill it up. Got that done. Get into the, the rental car place and get the car dropped off. Thankfully, it's just like two seconds to drop the car off. You get the keys in it and you, and you, and you go. Mm-hmm. But Houston's a big airport. So yep. we got to take the, the, the little bus, little trolley over to Terminal B. Well, the bus stops at terminal a first yep. and everybody was at terminal a everybody but like three people me and my wife and this other guy so we had to let everybody get off and then there were a couple people getting on the bus and then we finally get to terminal b where speed walking in there and we get to the baggage and baggage check-in we had our suitcase that we needed to check in and we didn't make the cutoff we didn't make the 40-minute cutoff. 
And so I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. So it's going to be a long day. So we're over there waiting in line for somebody to rebook us because we weren't going to make our flight because we didn't get our bag checked in on time. And some lady, God bless her, I, I don't know what told her to come over and, and help us, but she did. And she said, what are you waiting on? I said, we're trying, we, we've got to rebook. We missed our, our bag check-in, so we can't make our flight. And she looked at the ticket and she said, oh, I can still get you to that flight. And so look at that. Look at she that printed angel. off our uh, boarding passes, and we had to run through the, through the airport to get to the plane. And our, our flight left at 10.20 Central Time, and I think we got on the plane at like 10.15. We're literally the last person. There, the the person at the gate was literally looking out for us to see if these two random people were going to show up, and we and we showed up at the very last moment. So thankfully, we got on that flight that left yesterday morning. Because if I had not made that flight, the next flight out of Houston to Knoxville was at four o'clock, and we would have been on standby. Ooh. So <laughs> thank thank God for that lady coming over and asking us if she could help us and God sent her because if, if not, we, we would have been there all day, but our luggage did not make it on the first flight. She said, she did tell us that I'll try to get the luggage on this plane. If not, you'll just have to go pick it up from the airport and I'll, I'll get it on the next flight to Knoxville. And that, that's what happened. That's, hey, that works. Yes. So it, it, it all worked out, but I got home from Knoxville and then I had to drive through all these storms to Chattanooga to pick up the dog. And then I get back to, to Knoxville last night. Had to go to the airport and get the luggage. And by that time, it was nine nine thirty, and I'm, I still feel dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got that. Uh, what they call it? I don't know. I forgot what they call it. <laughs> I did too. So yesterday, yesterday was interesting. It, it was a uh, living booty time in the in the rental car, trying to get back to the hotel and. Get the ring and get, like Ricky get Bobby. to the airport. I I did not think we were going to make the flight because we had to check our bag in. I I knew that we could make the actual flight, but I knew that we wouldn't be able to get our bag checked in. So thankfully, that lady that lady saved our day. I mean, truly, God sent her to help us. Thank you, God. It is not for her. We would have been sitting there all day long, jet lag. Jet lag. There it's it is. travel lag for me. Yeah, jet lag. That's what I was thinking of. Um, so when you, when, when wifey was freaking out, did you give her a bag of sunflower seeds so <laughs> she can relax? No, I did not. She, and she would not have eaten sunflower seeds in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was, uh, she was having a moment and understandable. Oh, for sure, man. She's pregnant. It's her wedding band. Oh man. I, w- I would have been freaking out too. So <sighs> something about traveling back from baseball tournaments that don't go well for me. Well, Omaha was a catastrophe trying to go through O'Hare. Ugh. This, at least we made our flight, but nearly did not. And and the wife had a traumatic moment in the process. So, Well, I'm glad that uh, everything's okay. Glad that you're able to make it safe. Uh, you still are the blame for the cold weather and the blame for the Grizzlies <laughs> going uh, losing to the Rockets, the worst yeah. team in the league. And watch, the, the Grizzlies play uh, the Pelicans tonight. And the Pelicans are playing really well right now. Oh, Grizzly's going to beat him by 30 because you ain't there. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Ja's going to put Brandon Ingram on a poster or, or put somebody on a poster, and he's going to go for 50 
Yep. And, and the Grizzlies will win by 10. Yep. So the, the, the theory amongst those who cover the Grizzlies and those who follow the team are that maybe the Grizzlies had a, a little too much James Harden in them on, Friday, on us Saturday night in, in Houston. They played the Magic Saturday night, and they left right after the game. So the thought process is, is that they maybe went a little too James Harden in Houston on, on Saturday night when they got there. I went to the club. They looked like it because they, they looked out of it on Sunday. Youngest team in the league. Houston's known for, for some clubs. James Harden style. So I'm, I'm just never going to a game again. Probably, this season. It's probably a good idea. Stick to Tennessee games. Until they make the playoffs. And then, uh. Don't do that, man. <laughs> Don't do that. Stick, stick to Tennessee games. Go down to Tampa. <sighs> Go down to Tampa. Cover Tennessee when Tennessee either has to beat Kentucky, Arkansas, or, or Kentucky, Auburn to win the uh, SEC tournament. Speaking of the SEC tournament, I meant to mention this yesterday when you asked me how good I feel about Tennessee going into the SEC tournament. Feel great. Uh, no, I, I forgot to mention this, and and you should have mentioned this as well. Uh, so Tennessee never does well in the SEC tournament. No, <laughs> it's never its its friend. So just knowing the history of Tennessee in the SEC tournament, no, I don't feel good. Uh, aside from the Barnes years, where they made the SEC tournament title game in back to back years, it 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 has not necessarily been too kind to Tennessee. Yes, he did play the uh, title game. What was that? 18, 19? Yeah, back-to-back years. Against, against, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I said other than those two years, it has not been very kind to Tennessee. Well, hey, man, Tennessee. Historically Tennessee, speaking, the yeah, SEC yeah, yeah. tournament has not been kind to Tennessee. Well, man, Tennessee basketball just got good. That's true. Touché. So, you know, we, we not Kentucky. I still had the scars from all the other ones, though, even we, if they did just get good. We, we not Duke. We Tennessee basketball, okay? So we got to keep that in, in, in mind. But Tennessee's playing. Some fans think we're Duke. I know, right? Right now, Tennessee's playing hot. So hot that Tennessee is a top 10 team. The AP poll came out. And listen, I feel the same way about being number 10 as, uh, as I did being 17, honestly. Uh, the rankings don't matter at this point in the season. It's about how you play. But... I do appreciate the love. I do appreciate the respect, even though AP voters sometimes don't watch it, don't watch the teams that they're actually um, ranking. But top 10 team in basketball, top 10 team in baseball, even though there's like seven different publications. Yeah, but they're top 10 in nearly every single one of them. So one poll had them at number 11. Uh, and when I took off yesterday, I the, the the other two had not been released yet, and I forgot to go back and check it yesterday because I was busy all day. I was traveling. Uh, but the, oh. the other polls, aside from the one that was ranked number 11, had them all in the top 10. One had them number three. One had them number six, I think. One had them number 10. So they're, they're practically a consensus top 10 team. Yes. Baseball, football. Things, things are looking good on Rocky Top. I think – I think some people can't handle that. Like they can't handle it. Not used to it. Not used to it. Got to got to create something. 
Gotta create something to be upset about. No reason to be upset. Had a nice recruiting weekend. Now, Tennessee finally made it official that they are going to hire Kelsey Pope. Yes. Seemed to, to get a good reaction when that was announced in the meeting room. Oh, I mean, the play, the players liked it. I was talking to someone yesterday. If I ask my kids what they want for dinner, they're going to sell ice cream. <laughs> that don't mean it's good for them. So, this, just because you like a coach doesn't mean that coach is going to produce. It doesn't mean that, you know, that he won't. But it just doesn't, it just doesn't mean anything because a lot of the players love Jeremy Pruitt. I didn't meet a player that didn't like Jeremy Pruitt. The Jeremy Pruitt was not a good head coach. So, the life factor just doesn't matter to me. It's about the respect factor. The respect factor matters more than like. Because this is a business. This is a multi-million dollar business. College football. Yes, the game of football. The same football that you play growing up. The same football that you play when you were six or seven years old. The same football that you had to wear those big old hip pads. What's this, cover my hip or cover my ribs and my hips? Then you had the big old butt pad and the big old knee pad and looking like, Little dude from Little Giants couldn't even move. That's the same game. The same game you grew up loving. The same game you would play Thanksgiving. After eating half of the turkey, you go outside and play the turkey bowl with your friends and your family. The same game that you all you needed was a football and another person you can toss back and forth for, for, for hours. That same game. It's so wholesome. It ain't wholesome at this level. People get fired if you don't produce. So it's not about like, it's about respect, it's about results, it's about production. And can Kelsey Pope get that? Now, he is from Silicon, Alabama. Well, we're shrewd. People that come from Alabama to Tennessee, more than likely to have some success except for Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, there's a few great players from the great state of Alabama that um Came with the Tennessee and did some great things. So Kelsey Pope, D Beckwith, Kelsey Pope, D Beckwith, the same. D Beckwith really puts a dent in, in your theory. Is he still here? No, he's in the transfer portal. Which again, he he puts a dent into that argument in, in your Alabama argument. I said most of the time, and your North Alabama argument. Most of the time, he he he. Most of the time, he didn't do y'all many favors. Most y'all, he, he didn't re- represent your your little click of, of Alabama Vols and North Alabama Vols. He, 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 he didn't do any, y'all any favors. Look at here. I got I to call my auntie and uh, and ask her if we know any popes in Sylacauga. Because there might be a chance. Because everybody know each other down there. It's super small. We'll find out Shocker. If we know some popes down there. The Swains know some popes. But <laughs> I'm happy for him. Happy for him. Great opportunity. I mean, my goodness. I got people I know that's been, you know, quality control assist, assistance forever. And Kelsey Pope, after one season, boom, he is on the field as a position coach. Man, he he is very fortunate. Uh, I won't say lucky because I think he created his own luck by preparing and, and, and going about his business. So, But he is very fortunate. Not everyone gets that opportunity. And uh, I hope he makes the best of it. Happy for him. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know much about him. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. 
I don't know much about them. And uh, when you are Tennessee, when you are Tennessee, Tennessee football, you should be able to go hire somebody that has a track record, that has experience. You're not necessarily supposed to hire guys who are unknowns in recruiting. Because that's what Kelsey Pope is. Whether you like to hire, dislike to hire. See, I can I can emotionally remove myself and just talk facts here. Like, I can emotionally remove myself. Yeah, I play receiver at Tennessee. Yeah, I love Tennessee, all that good stuff. But I can emotionally remove myself. Because if this hire was made at another school, and we did around the SEC, and Ben said, Georgia, LSU, Kentucky, hire, hire from within, a quality control guy, after the receiver coach left to the NFL, what would we say? We would call it lazy. We would laugh at it. We would question it. We would question it. We would. We would. If you're sitting here and saying you wouldn't, you would lie. It's the type of... I don't think Georgia has hired a receivers coach since uh, Cortez Hankton went to LSU. McClendon. Oh, that's right. They hired Brian McClendon. But yeah. if, if Georgia had hired somebody with the lack of experience that Tennessee did, we would be very happy. Yeah, absolutely. We, and we would point it out. And, and that doesn't mean that Kelsey Pope is going to fail. It's just we don't know. Don't we, know. We don't know. It's like yesterday in our Monday night chat. On VolQuest, everybody was asking, well, do you, do you think Pope can recruit? Uh, do you think Pope will be able to develop? We don't know. We, we just don't know. I'm sorry that I don't have a hot take one way or the other. I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, it's, it's a terrible hire. They could have gone and gotten somebody else. We, we just don't know. And you certainly understand, as we talked yesterday early in the show, you certainly understand why Josh Heupel felt comfortable making this move at this point on the calendar. So I, I don't have a hot take one way or the other. I, I'm, I'm not going to go neg of all and, and say that Josh Heupel never should have hired this. This is terrible, this and that. And I'm also not going to pump sunshine into it and, and just automatically say, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be good. He'll be great. All oh, the players love him. We don't know. We, we don't know if Kelsey Pope can develop receivers. We don't know if, if Kelsey Pope can recruit. Uh, Austin and Eric were pointing out, well, he started calling receivers last night. Okay, just because he's calling doesn't mean that he's doing an effective job. Uh, so, like, we just don't know yet. And I, I think with recruiting, we'll, we'll start to tell over the summer months. Uh, and, and then this fall, you know, after a month, after two months of the season, We'll start to get an idea for, for if he can develop. But right now, we simply do not know one way or the other if Josh Heupel made the right decision because he is inexperienced. And if I'm being quite honest, the inexperience worries me more than I feel positive about it. Just for the simple fact of learning on the job at a place like Tennessee makes me nervous, especially going into a year where, and this is more about the development aspect of his role, where the, these these receivers outside of Cedric Tillman really need to be developed. So, honestly, I, I am more concerned than I am hopeful, and it has nothing to do with Kelsey Pope himself, but just because of the inexperience factor. And every great coach 
goes through a learning curve. Every great coach has to take their lumps early every, on in their career. Every coach, period. On there's there's a period before you get the greatness right. where where you have to learn and mm-hmm. take your lumps uh, and learn from your mistakes, whether you, whether you become great or not. Right. So Kelsey Pope hadn't taken those lumps yet. Yeah, I've I've heard good things about him personally, Me as too. both of us have mentioned on the show, and I, I do think he has the qualities to be a good recruiter because he's personable. If you're personable and you work hard, you should be able to recruit, especially at Tennessee when you have a lot of resources, especially now with the NIL. There's there's no reason you shouldn't be able to recruit at Tennessee, quite frankly. Uh, But in terms of X's and O's and developing receivers, I don't know. I'm hopeful, kind of. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to be glass half full, but the inexperience worries me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, coaching is not about just – Doing cool drills. That's that's not what it's about. Coaching is about explaining things in a way to your players to where it's simple to understand. It's simple to understand. All good players don't turn out to be good coaches because they can't explain it in a way to their players that is hard to not understand. It's easy. Okay, I see why we're doing this drill. I understand why we're doing this. Preparing your players for different situations. Explaining them, explain to them the importance of having this quality over that quality. There's a lot that goes into to coaching. And Kelsey Pope has to be better than Cody Barnes. He has to be. He has to be better than Cody Barnes. Tennessee cannot afford for him to be the same as Cody Barnes. He has to be better. If we want to take the next step, and we're going to put all of this weight on our offense and our receivers, got to make plays down the football field. We have to be better than last year because you rarely have two seniors and a junior as your top three wide receivers. Because most of the time it's going to be a mix. It, it, it takes three to four years of bringing in a class of three to four receivers to develop them. Make sure that the one gets in trouble. Make sure they don't flunk out. Make sure they don't transfer. It takes three to four years to, to get juniors and senior wide receivers. So most of the time, you're going to have a sprinkle of freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors. So you can't just rely on a Javante Payton who had all the sense of urgency in the world because it was a senior year. He's He was mature. He, he knew this was his last season. He had a sense of urgency. And then a Valus Jones, who was the same way. And a Cedric Tillman, who was super, super mature and knew that this was the money year. Sometimes you're going to have guys who are young and immature, like some of the guys that played early, and then they did not finish the season. How are you going to handle those players? And it would be nice to be talking about a receiver coach 
who's done it before and had experience. But we're not. And everybody gets to start somewhere. Everyone gets to start somewhere. And this is Kelsey Pope's start. And we hope that he is he is very successful. I think his knowledge of the offense was a big reason uh, why he was promoted and his relationship with the current players. I think that was a big reason why he was promoted. And again, I hope he's super successful because if he's successful, we are successful. And if we are successful, we are happy. And I like being happy. I like being happy. Can't pay for that. I like being happy. I like being happy. 865-255-03. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Be right back. If you want to be part of the show, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, subscribe to the Swain Event channel on YouTube. In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. 
This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you, because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim Com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. 
At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Jason Swain live here from the Low T Center Studio. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical on a beautiful Tuesday morning in East Tennessee. It's time for around the SEC. So, Ben, give it to us. Don't know if you discussed this yesterday, but fake injuries are presumably going to remain in 2022 as the NCAA Rules Committee couldn't agree on a rule to stop the tactic. And I'm sure everybody saw this because Lane Kiffin tagged ball football and a tweet. Y'all's boy. Y'all love him. Not y'all's. I, I don't care for him. Y'all won't. Let me stop. Yeah. Fuck Yeah, go ahead. We, we don't need DR Vault crying on a Tuesday. Y'all so, y'all so gullible. Y'all, y'all show more love to a coach of another team than your own coach. And look what that coach has done. Made a damn fool out of most of y'all. This is why it, it's about the school, about the coach. Better be careful. Lane's going to unfollow you on Twitter. I don't care. Uh, but the NCAA has decided not to institute in-game penalties for fake injuries ahead of the 2000. And 22 college football season. Uh, although the NCAA will allow programs to report alleged fake injuries, it did not mention any specific penalty or sanction that could be imposed. Stanford coach David Shaw is the current NCAA football rules committee chair and provided his thoughts on the reasoning for not making more of a change, saying that it is very difficult to legislate ethics particularly when an injury timeout is being used to gain an advantage. The small number of teams that seem to use these tactics should be addressed directly. We considered all options to address this issue, including allowing both teams an opportunity to substitute after a first down. This is another step to consider in the future. I don't, I don't get it. It is a clear issue in our sport that we love, you have to come up with something. I don't care how hard, hard it is. You got to come up with something. Hard to. I, yeah, it's going to be hard to change. It's always hard, but it change is necessary. I mean, you can't continue to allow what is what is taking place. You can't continue to allow fake injuries. 
Ole Miss or anywhere. It, it is bad for the game. You're the same person that walked out with a whole half left of football. It wasn't a half, but it was um it was it was in the fourth quarter. I was I was disgusted. I didn't want to see it anymore. Luckily, I didn't miss any part of the game because of the twenty minute delay because stuff that's been thrown on the field. So I didn't miss anything. This is true. But I did walk out and go straight home. I was over it. I didn't want to see it anymore. Uh, Tennessee was not the only team that recently picked up a transfer commitment from a Georgia Tech defensive player. Arkansas landed a commitment from a Georgia Tech defensive lineman. Jordan Dominic. So, Georgia Tech players on the move there. In four years at Tech, he had 103 tackles, 17 and a half for a loss, nine sacks, five forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, two for touchdowns, and two pass breakups. So I'm not very familiar with the work of Jordan Dominic, but the stats look pretty good. And man, I we said this recently. I just I just can't believe that Jeff Collins is not succeeding there at Georgia Tech. Well, that's that's the third really good player that's left. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. He went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Jordan Dominic, this young man that we're talking about, and then uh, Tennessee's commitment. And Tennessee's commitment is good. Wesley Walker is good. You know, I have to, you know, I have to ask around. Listen, man, we getting a good player or not? Yep, he's good. He's a good player. Did you ask around on Nate Spillman? I watched his film. What'd you think? Lovely. Lovely. I'm trying to find the words here. Uh, I, you're you're saying plenty without saying anything. Upside has upside, <laughs> but I didn't. I just didn't see it on film. I'm sorry, I did. I'm not gonna lie. I just didn't see it on film. I didn't. I didn't see it. Maybe there's a different film, but what I saw, it, it wasn't enough for me. But I'm not the coach. Um, I didn't see him up close, up close and personal. Maybe they saw him up close, worked him out. I don't know, but uh, I didn't. I didn't see much. Just keep thinking about his brother. Just keep thinking about Edwin, four-star linebacker. We'll see. Let's get to Andy. Andy, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good, man. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing good. Uh, man, I tell you what, I think Nico had even better time than what he did the first time that he came. Uh, um, yeah. Had a great time. Hats off to all the fans this weekend that seen him in Knoxville and the Nico chance. And uh, I really feel if he comes to Tennessee, it really will be like winning a natty and robbing a casino. So uh, just go Vols and, uh, you know, just everybody keep doing what they're doing. And, yeah, I don't agree with uh, them not changing the rule with what Kiffin's been doing. I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, Kiff- Kiffin is like the poster child for it, right? But Kiffin ain't the only coach that has taken advantage of the rules. I mean, we we have. We have two. 
just not in an egregious way, an obvious way, like like Kiffin. But we we've done it. We've done it too. And um, not we have done it. We do do it. We do it. Just not as not as bad as Kiffin. Yes. Those just are the facts. Those are the facts. It's it's not part of the game that um, that I enjoy, but I do enjoy winning. I do enjoy winning. Let's do some of that winning stuff. Keep doing the winning stuff. I do enjoy that, but let's also win more. This, it's, it's, yeah, let's do that. Let's, this is a nice year one, but I keep thinking about that when. When everybody says, oh, how great Tennessee Athletics is right now. And they're, they're not wrong. Tennessee Athletics is in a great spot. But there's a little bit of my brain that also thinks, uh, Tennessee football is not where it's supposed to be right now. Even after the feel-good seven and six year one, it was way better than we expected. But like it, that, that's not where Tennessee football should be. Yeah. Maybe, maybe let's hold off a little bit. Until football gets back, because they go seven and six this upcoming season, and people not going to be as pleased with it as they were this past year. Yeah, that's that's true. Justin says on a scale from Derek Gantano to Josh Dobbs, how good is Nico? <laughs> uh, he's not on that scale. And in terms of prospect coming out of high school, I should say, because Josh Dobbs had a really good career. That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. Super Saiyan 1 says, the the way the fans were celebrating this wide receiver commit, I was thinking we had a ball. I guess not. Thanks, Swain, for your honesty. I'm not saying we don't have a baller. I just didn't see a lot on film. I just didn't see a lot. I mean, I saw saw a lot of, like, vertical routes. But, I I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see anything else. Um, you know, you always question the competition inside of the state of Tennessee, good or bad. You always, you know, you always got to take that in consideration. But I just didn't see a lot. And maybe I don't have all the film that the recruiting department has over at Tennessee, but I just saw highlights from junior season on um, on Huddle. And I just, I, just didn't, I just didn't see a lot. You know, and maybe Tennessee saw something early in – Spillman that other schools have not seen yet. I mean, Tennessee's his best offer. I think the only other offer was like Marshall. But it's, that's that's I'm not used to that. I'm not used to that. So never know how a player's going to do when he when he gets here and get some coaching inside of a particular system and offense. But the film did not scream. Day one contributor did not scream um, like game breaker. It didn't scream that to me right now. Let's ask Austin Price about it and see what Austin thinks about the commitment of Nate Spillman. Watch this film, Austin. Um, In-state player. I know there's several players from, from that school there, Lipscomb Academy. Um, I didn't see much on film. You know, I think what I saw on film kind of matched up with the offer list. What do you say about 
Nate Spielman. What do you hear about Nate Spielman? What do you think Tennessee saw uh, in, in Nate Spielman? Um, he certainly has a nice frame, and um, he's a long strider. What do you feel like Tennessee saw with him? A bigger body, um, you know, and, and someone who I think, you know, the best, the better football for him is going to be ahead of him. Um, but it, he's still extremely raw right now. Um, you're right. He's not a day one contributor, you know, but I mean, can he help you on special teams over time? Can he, you know, work himself into the rotation? We'll see. You know, I mean, you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, Nathan's the kind of guy you want in your football program. And, uh, you know, and of course his younger brother, Edwin, um, who's a linebacker, um, you know, the, they both put on a significant amount of weight over the last year, you know, to, to add to their frame, Jason, and I think that will help both of them going forward. AP, man, you uh, you had the best pose of the weekend, you and, and Nico, uh, E.I. Maliava, I mean, my goodness, telling everybody to shh, just, just, that was, that was baller, man. That was like a red carpet event photo right there. Um, Nico seems to have a had a great time, great visit. Um, I don't know if there's an, anything else Tennessee could do to show off their football program, their fans, their their, their city, uh, like they did over the over this weekend. Um, how would you kind of categorize his visit and kind of where Tennessee is right now? You just kind of have you know. Sometimes you kind of get fortunate. You have a little bit of luck on your side, um, you know, to have 70-degree days, you know, at the first of March. I mean, there are a lot of March days anymore that, you know, 30s and 40s. And to get 70-degree days while he was here um, was great. Uh, you know, to have the bat- basketball atmosphere, get the big win, get the chant and all that, um, you know, is another – you know, fortunate thing to the visit. And then, of course, you know, Tennessee's going to sell itself like it always does uh, extremely well. And when you couple all that together, you get kind of the, the right mixture for what I call the perfect the perfect visit. You know, I mean, Tennessee is, 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 is in good a shape as they can be in. That is kind of my, uh, my theme, you know. Um, you know, we did a factor fiction on rivals. You know, they wanted to know is Tennessee that give a slight lead after this weekend, and I, you know, I said fiction just based off the fact that he's got so many other visits to go, including a return trip here in April. Did like, you know, saying who leads, who don't lead. I mean, people were crystal balling him to Oregon last week. Well, everybody that I talk to around that family just keeps saying for the last five months, want to play in the SEC, want to play in the SEC, want to play in the SEC. Well, if that's the case, then you're not going to Oregon. Now, I think Oregon's a factor. I mean, I didn't think otherwise would be silly. But at the same time, like, I don't think this is some we're going to follow the Polynesian pipeline, you know, type deal. I think, you know, Nico wants to kind of go and, you know, build his own legacy. And and I think that there's something about this kid that screams, I don't want to just go with be the next Tua, be the next Bryce Young, be the next you know, whoever, I want to go and be the first Nico. And, you know, the perfect situation to do that would be at a place that, you know, has been craving and, you know, yearning for a big-time quarterback like this for a long time. Fact or fiction, Tosh LePoy is his cousin? 
Are, are you I aware that? Ask, huh? Well, you know, that's the, that's how he was kind of quoted. Now, maybe he was misquoted or, or maybe it was taken out of context. I don't know. I, I did not get clarification on that this weekend. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and that's why I asked that. We had somebody um, say that they saw kind of conflicting reports. So I didn't, I didn't know if you had heard one way or the other. Uh what, what what other visits does Nico have coming up, and, and do you still think that uh, an April May ish time frame for a decision is likely? I do. I think late April, early May. Um, you know, uh, he's going to visit Oregon again. He's going to visit Tennessee again. I think he's going to get to Georgia, maybe Alabama, um, and then we'll see after that. But I mean, it's going to be a busy next six weeks or so for the Yeah Molly Alpha fans. And, um, you know, it, again, I think that to having everybody here, or most everybody here this weekend was great. Having mom here, you know, she wasn't here the first time around. Uh, having Nori, the younger sister, um, you know, she had a big time. She did not want to go home, you know, and neither did mom, I think. I, I think they were, they were that, you know, smitten with Knoxville and the people and the whole thing. And so, you know, they returned home yesterday and, you know, I think getting them back here in a month is going to help kind of, you know, keep the, you know, the visit high from wearing off too much because I think it's something to look forward to when you enjoy going to a place. And I'm not saying they won't enjoy going to these other places because, you know, these trips can be fun. I mean, you get, you see what the best side of every school you see, you see the best side of Knoxville, you see the best side of Eugene, you see the best side of, you know, wherever. So, um, all these schools present well, and it's, then, it, then it becomes about, you know, talking with the coaches, relationships, talking about development, how they see you on the field, how they're going to use you on the field, and that's something that uh, the staff worked hard on this past weekend. AustinPriceVolQuest.com. Nico wasn't the only recruit on campus, AP. feels like it, but he was not the only one here. Uh, who else was here and possibly um, – could come here or had a good time and possibly see themselves playing with a, a quarterback uh, like like a Nico. You usually see quarterbacks commit to a, a, a school and be kind of the, the, the staple of a class and then help recruit other players. Did you see that Nico had that effect and possibly could sway and pull some other kids um, who are on the same visit as him? Oh, I think Nico definitely carries the cachet to, uh, you know, get kids to follow him. Um, now, as far as this past weekend, you're looking at, you know, Christian Conyer. I think Tennessee did themselves a lot of, you know, good with him. Um, that's the Tennessee-Kentucky battle. I think Tennessee um, is now the team to beat, uh, you know, and is trending the right way with Jeremiah T. Lander, the linebacker. Um you know, Tennessee continues to do well with Caleb Herring. I expect something next month uh, from him. Tennessee continues to do well with, you know, a guy like Nathan Robinson, who the staff, you know, having, you know, seen him in person now, um, uh, again, but seeing him with the added weight, he's added about 30 pounds, 30-plus pounds since uh, his uh, junior year ended. Now at 268, um, looks really, really good. Um you know, I think Tennessee's continued to trend well there. You know, this, this is a, a you know a junior day that you know you saw Tyree Weathers be in town. I think 
Tyree Weathersby if you walk out of here very smitten with uh, Rodney Garner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tennessee, I think, had a nice junior day over the weekend. It was more than just Nico. And, uh, you know, they will have more kids on campus once spring practice starts uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. Have you seen a jump in Tennessee's ability to recruit going from year one to year two? Uh, just uh, another year of recognizing what it's like to recruit in the SEC, but also no longer having that NCAA cloud hanging over their heads and, and they can get in with these recruits so much earlier uh, this cycle. I mean, this time last year, I mean, th- their heads were spinning on March 8th trying to, to figure out who to target in, in last year's cycle. Yeah, th- this is a t- totally different vibe. And you're right. I think it's more just, you know, a year later, being a year more established, having something on film to, to show prospects, uh, understanding, you're right, I think understanding, you know, how this league works versus others. And some of those, you know, guys on the staff knew that, but not all of them did. Um, you know, so, I mean, yeah, they have a lot more juice, a lot more momentum than they did one year ago. But, I mean, that's also natural, too. I mean, you know, they should have, you know, in theory, if you want, if you keep building towards the apex, you, you have more momentum a year from now, you know, coming off Hendon Hooker and his final year, if he, you know, if he plays well, than you do right now. So, you know, again, I think they just have to continue to build and, you know, do what they've been doing. You know, I think the biggest thing is, is just continuing to build relationships, making the state a priority. They tried to make the state a priority a year ago. But they were so far behind, they could never catch up. And then there was a few kids that, you know, they weren't sure on. Um, and, and, and so, you know, that probably puts them in a bind, you know, with the, with a couple of in-state kids, but for the majority of those, those in-state kids that went elsewhere last year, you know, they either didn't really give Tennessee a shot or had already, you know, kind of made their decision before, you know, in, internally made their decision before, you know, Josh Heifel and them could actually host them in the summertime last year. Austin Price, VolQuest.com. Um, Kelsey Pope promoted to wide receiver coach, coached at, at Tennessee Tech in, in 2019, coached at uh, Shorter University in 2018, was going to be the passing game coordinator and receiver coach at Gardner-Webb, but uh, because of COVID, the season was not played. Uh, he played the position before. Um, he is from the Birmingham area, so he has some ties, um, you know, in SEC country. What led to the staff ultimately deciding to roll with with Kelsey Pope, and um, how do you think he's going to fare as a wide receiver coach? Well, I think Kelsey is a guy that you know he's unproven as a recruiter, Jason. I mean, it's as simple as that. Doesn't mean he can't. You know, I mean, we all started somewhere, yep. and you know, and I think that's the best thing to kind of the best way to look at it is. You know, before Trooper Taylor was Trooper Taylor, he started somewhere. Before, you know, um, David Johnson was David Johnson, he started somewhere. Any of these coaches, you know, um, you know, Rodney Garner was was you know, you know, he he was an up and coming coach before he became quote Rodney Garner. Um, And so, you know, I think it's all about how hungry you are. I mean, I know Kelsey last night talked to about 15 prospects on the phone. Welcome to the SEC. Now you can do that every day. 
Yep. Every day. So, again, like, if you're persistent and consistent and you're hungry, you can be a good recruiter. I, I you know, having talked to Coach Pope, I, I know he's got um, – I know he has the passion. I know he, you know, uh, has the relationship skills to be able to do that, you know, and it's kind of just the want to. And, you know, I, I think he's going to really want to tackle that because I think he knows that that's going to be the question mark on him. Uh, coming in as a Power 5 coach for the first time is his ability to recruit. He knows it's going to be used against him in recruiting, mm-hmm. so that he's going to have to, you know, be on uh, his game, you know, to you know to show that, that he can handle it. But the, you saw the reaction of the current players. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, multiple recruits last night were really excited, um, you know, that Coach Pope got the job because he'd been doing a lot of work behind the scenes when kids come on campus and stuff and through direct messaging, um, you know, that, that, you know, kids knew who he was already anyway. So, yeah. again, um, I think, you know, time will tell, um, and that's definitely the big question mark, but I think that he has the uh, the wherewithal to try to push through this initial kind of like, you know, oh, he can't recruit, he can't recruit, he can't recruit from all the other schools, um, you know, that are going to use, try to use that his inexperience against him. Because I, I think that's right now where we're kind of in that stage where, you know, if you're another school recruiting against him, you're going to say, you know, he coached at Tennessee Tech. You know, he coached at Shorter. I mean, what is that? And, you know, um, he, he's just got to continue to build relationships and push through that because a year from now, nobody will be able to say that stuff anymore. Yep. You, you have to answer, you know, those, those, those negative statements from your competitors. I mean, for the last, what, 12 months, Tennessee had to battle the negative recruiting from schools talking about sanctions, right, and making up things that Tennessee couldn't even really combat and deny because they didn't know themselves. Now that it's in the rearview mirror, there's going to be a new a new tactic used to negative recruit Tennessee. And now it's going to be, all right, are y'all getting dues to the NFL? And um, who have you who have you developed? Uh, at certain coaches. Now, you won't be able to do that at defensive line. You won't be able to do that at, you know, DB because you got, you know, some SEC veterans. But, you know, this offense staff, they're they're new, and they have not done it in the SEC. So you're going to have those those other schools that's going to try to knock Tennessee in that area because they can't knock them in production of wide receiver because we have two dudes catch 70 balls. But they're going to find other ways to sway kids their direction and keep them from coming here. Cause they know like Tennessee is a sleeping giant. Once we get our stuff together and working together that we can be a problem because we used to be a problem. So they want to make sure they do everything in their power to not let that happen again. So Tennessee just has to make sure that they answer those, those, those negative recruiting tactics with, um, with results. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, that, that that's something again that they have to kind of fend off. Again, a year from now, you'll you will uh, say that far less. Um, but you know, right now, that's just kind of something they'll have to battle a little bit. But again, which all goes back to relationships. If you have good relationships, you can you can withstand any of that. So I think that's why you know Coach Pope just has to you know again be persistent and consistent with kids on the phone, uh, with families and. Um, <clears throat> you know, just continue to do his job. I know, man. It's, a, it's an emotional time, Austin. I mean, Kelsey Pope has 
very, very, very fortunate to, to get this opportunity. I mean, honestly, like who, 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 who gets a uh, you know promotion after one year at an SEC school like Tennessee? Like you don't see it a lot. So I can understand why um, it can have you emotional, Austin. You know, you fight back tears right now. I'm fighting back uh, thought. <laughs> it is. It is allergy season, man. It, it is here. Uh, man, let's talk about another commitment that Tennessee got. Um, he's older, and that is Wesley Walker, the Georgia Tech DB transfer. Hey, we got a good player from the portal, Austin. Um, how about that? Now, we had someone, we had some people still a little confused about, wait, I thought we can't take anybody. Uh, wait, what's going on? No, we can take one or two. We just couldn't take five, six, or seven. What is Tennessee getting in, in Walker? I know there's some Tennessee ties there uh, with Tyler Baring, but, um, man, how did this go down? How did this happen? Well, no, Tennessee can take probably about five. Right um, now? They could, they, they could. Yes, because you're not taking them until May. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Um, you know, you, you, that, that's the thing. Here, it, I'm going to spell it out for everybody. Okay, so Tennessee was self-imposing X amount of scholarships. Let's go off the number. 12. So if you're self-imposing off of 12, that means you had to be at 73 when this session of uh, spring semester started. Well, Tennessee, because Isaiah Nayor went to Texas, Tennessee was actually at 72. So when you add um, when you when you add eight that, um, that, that were not midterm enrollees, that takes you to 80 which leaves you five spots potentially post-spring. So Tennessee should be at an, 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 you know, a full 85 come fall, or could be anyway, um, if, they can, if they can add the right players. So um, you're looking at, you know, and that's if no one else leaves. Um, like Okparogane is leaving, so he'll, he'll take off that number one. So, um, you know, Tennessee can, can add more than one or two. They just can't start until the summertime. And so that's why Tennessee was always going to be more of a player in the post-spring wave of portal entrance than they were in the post-season. Is, is that number still fluid because Tennessee does not know who is going to leave after the spring? Because um, they could add possibly more if there's more room after guys decide to leave after the spring semester. That, that's correct. And again, you can only take up, you only take technically 32. So like technically 20, and, and in theory, 25 prep kids and seven, uh, you know, trade, I'll call them trade outs. You know, when, when one kid goes in the portal and leaves you and you can replace him up to seven, um, you know, but if you want to, you can also take some of those off of the 25 and put it towards, um, you know, portal kids as well so you don't have to take 25 prep kids and so yeah the number is fluid now i don't you can't just take unlimited amount of players so i i'd have to go back and read and you know look and see how many tennessee's taken to this point um but yeah it's going to be more than just a couple that they'll take post spring they'll try to add probably another player in the secondary. We'll see if they, you know, I think depending on how they feel coming out of spring, they may look to add a running back if there's the right guy out there. Um, it's never just black and white, Jason, um, you know, on, on who you're taking. Um, you know, 
we'll see if they add another receiver. A guy like Brew McCoy is someone that Tennessee continues to look at. Um, but a lot of that will depend on also, you know, how they feel coming out of spring. Do any of these guys emerge? You know, a year ago, Cedric Tillman started to make his move in spring and then, of course, you know, balled out in the season. Um, you know, this, you know, who emerges in that realm this year? There, there's, there's Tennessee fans that, that look at LSU and South Carolina. LSU added 14 transfers. It was 13 before that they brought in Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from Arizona State. So, what, what I think has happened and what we have gotten on the text box and with some of the phone calls is people looking kind of at their neighbor and going, wait, they got 14 guys coming in. Why can't we do that? So, Well, because they're not taking – you can take more than, than, than seven. I mean, you can take – I mean, if you wanted to take 32 portal guys, you can do that. You know – because they all count against their initials, but no one's going to do that. That's like some of these schools with new coaches are doing that because they were so far behind when they got here. They were never going to get enough prep kids. Yeah, they signed uh, so, LSU signed fifteen high school kids, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Spring game, uh, AP Tennessee put out their uh, plans for for that weekend, including different 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 sports. Uh, your take on the 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 events, the series of events that weekend. I mean, it's the best you can do when you have renovations going on inside of your stadium. I mean, what else can you do? Uh, trying to go somewhere else and play the game somewhere else just it doesn't. The risk and the reward, the cost versus re- reward, doesn't balance out to me. Um, but your your thoughts on the plans that weekend? By the way, uh, the seven maxims on Twitter asked us: Does Arch commit? Before Nico, no. Um, yeah, as far as that weekend, man, I don't know. I, you know, I just without the the player component and without the coach component, like I mean, how many fans are going to be to be like, yeah, I'm going to go take my lawn chair and sit over here in humanities and watch a big screen? Like, I just don't. I mean, if you're going to be around for some of the other baseball stuff, maybe. Um, or some of the, you know, the, you know, the C-Ray relays, maybe. But, like, I just don't think you know, the common fans go just be like, man, I'm going to go over and sit, sit down on a blanket and watch a couple of screens over on campus, you know, with no, with no player um, autograph day, no coach interaction. You know, I just don't think that's going to happen. Like, not, like, not like, you know, would happen. I mean, there'll be a few people, yeah. Andy. But, like, I, I just Andy. don't you know, I just don't think there's going to be. I just don't think there's going to be this like, oh, we got to get down there. Like, if there was going to be fan day, sure. You know, and again, I don't really, I personally don't understand like the whole like lack of an autograph day. I know like campus feels like you know with NIL, they can't ask kids to sign you know stuff. But like, I, I'm just telling you, I walk outside the stadium, all the kids are signing. They're not asking for money. You know, I, I we go out and do ten, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Tennessee Prime, Swain, how many, how many of those players up there sign? They never ask for money. Nope. Like, like, like that, that part of it to me is a little bit befuddling because I, I feel like, you know, they, they feel, I think campus feels like, well, they're going to, but they don't. Like, kids don't, I mean, like, that's just not what the way this has went down. You know, I mean, maybe 10% do, but even then, like, I just think, you know, the, you know, if the common fan, you know, 
comes up and says, hey, man, will you sign my T-shirt or will you sign my, you know, whatever? I mean, kids are like just, you know, I mean, they think that's cool. I mean, if I was a 20-year-old kid and somebody's asking for my autograph, I would think that's neat. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be like, hey, that's $10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. Yeah. If it, if it was, a, I, I if it was an autograph signing, like an event, and, and like you were, it was, you, you were going to be paid, you've already been paid, like that's different. But like you know, after a football game, it, you know, orange and white, um, fan day, that, that's, that's, that's totally different. There's a time and place to make, make your money. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, I just, that, that's just my take on it. I, I just feel like, you know, if, if, if Josh Heupel and everybody said, Hey, does everybody feel okay with going over here to humanities and, you know, saying thanks to the fans and signing some autographs, every kid's going to say yes, man. I just don't, I don't believe that they're going to say no. And that's not forcing them to do anything. You're asking them if they want to do it. Um, you know, but again, that's just me. I mean, you know, I'm not the one making decisions or any of that stuff. Um, that's just how I'll kind of view it. Fact or fiction, Austin. Joe Lenardi was a great opening act for Ben McKee on the Nation Sunday night. Oh, it was a fact. And then you carried us there at the end of the show when I left with eight minutes to go to go interview Nico. <laughs> oh, well, so you said Nico's more important than me? No, I, I'm saying that you. Just, you were the glue that held us together that allowed me to get out the door. That's a good way to spin it. Nico, <laughs> Nico I, I, I'll concede that Nico is more important than me. Well, I'm glad you could state the obvious. <sighs> AP, man, nice to nice to have you on today. Really nice to have you on a different different time than normal. You like this yeah, time better? Yeah, I mean – I, yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, like, again, I get my kids out the door to school, and you know, sometimes I end up falling back asleep, and so then I end up, you know, looking at the phone or missing your phone call, and you know, it just makes more sense to go earlier. There you go. Well, we got it. We got it done. We got it done today. So what you're saying is you're about to go home and go to sleep? No, I'm not. Um, but you know, again, occasionally it's not. And, and honestly, I swear it probably happens on Tuesdays. It never happens any other day of the week. Yeah, likely story. Did did you see the rap that was made for Nico, and what did you think of that? Uh, I did not. Hmm. You missed out on a beauty there. I mean, I, I think it could really seal the deal or break up the deal. I don't think a kid's making a decision one way or the other off anything like that. You don't think so? No. I think it's time for you to go, Austin. Ben, Ben is gonna make everything uncomfortable. Ben's Ben's being antagonist. I know, man. He pretends like he's so innocent. No, oh, I don't. Golly, Drval wanted me to ask. Oh, blame it on Drval. Blame it on Drval. That's Drval when next time you're talking to Kiffin. <laughs> All right, AP man. Always good to have you on. Good stuff as always. Um, Nico Iamaliava, all eyes are on him. Looks like Tennessee's in a good spot, but you just never know, man, with recruiting. It is a, a roller coaster, but I like where Tennessee is sitting right here. Um, so, AP, man, thanks for the information, and uh, we'll talk soon. Next week's appearance will be later in the week. All right. We'll Put talk. that down on the schedule. We'll talk later. We will talk later. Austin Price, VolQuest.com at Austin Price List is how you find him. 
This time is brought to you by Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty. 865-200-5503 is our telephone number. But if you need to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, you call Jennifer Morris. Her telephone number is 865-257-7897. Her email is jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Keller Williams Realty. That is Jennifer Morris. Big thanks to Jennifer. Big thanks to Austin Price. We will take a quick timeout and I'll be back after this. <laughs> 